Good Morning Teacher, I'm Noelle Pickering. On the Good Morning Teacher podcast, we bring practical solutions to busy teachers because you can love your job and leave your work at school. Join us each week to talk through tools and strategies that help you maximize your time and effort both in the classroom and at home. I'm excited to cheer you on as you face the week ahead. This episode is sponsored by Post-It Notes. Make every lesson more engaging by incorporating Post-It Notes. Students were always pumped when I used them in a lesson, and now science agrees. According to research from UCLA and Carnegie Mellon, students enjoy learning more with Post-It Notes. It's never too early to start thinking about what you and your students need for back to school. Post-It Notes are useful for teachers, from jotting down a quick reminder to creating a to-do list, and they are useful for students. Math teachers, you will love using them as a tool for solving equations, the real number system, and order of operations. Check out maneuveringthemiddle.com slash post-it notes for three hands-on ways to use them in your math classroom. Good morning, teachers. You're listening to episode number 11. Today, we are talking about the ever-intriguing topic of number sense. What is it? Can you teach it? And what can you do to build number sense in your students? As a math teacher, I was always amazed by how some students could quickly compute numbers in their heads, while others preferred to work things out by hand using an algorithm. This is still a learning journey for me, and now I am parenting two young boys and really striving to incorporate some of these number sense strategies into our daily lives. They love learning and have so many questions, so I really consider it a perfect opportunity. I'm going to do a breakdown of number sense and then share four helpful strategies that you can use to build number sense in your students. But before we jump in, I wanna share about next week's episode. I'm so excited to be bringing on my friend and fellow math enthusiast, Brittany Heggie, to the Good Morning Teacher podcast. We talk all about fractions and building conceptual understanding, and I know you are going to be able to walk away with new strategies for your classroom. So these two episodes really go hand in hand, but let's jump into number sense. So what exactly is number sense? Is this something we have or don't have? I kind of equate this to something a little more abstract, like the concept of being a leader. Are you a born leader? Can you learn to be a leader? All of these questions also apply to number sense. By definition, number sense is the ability to be flexible and fluid with numbers, which still to me seems a little abstract. So I thought I'd give you a few scenarios in which you might see a student exhibit number sense. Maybe as a young elementary math student, understanding that because five is half of 10, 50 must be half of 100. Or perhaps being able to add 58 and 14 by breaking 14 into 12 and two, and then adding 60 and 12 very quickly in your head. It is understanding that you have, if you have half of an object and you take half of that, you naturally have one-fourth of the original object. So going back to that original question of what is number sense, generally it's that fluidity and flexibility with numbers that allow you to use mental math to solve problems. 
Now notice that nothing about this references the algorithm or rote memorization. In fact, you could go on to say that rote memorization might actually hold a student back when it comes to number sense. Let's say, for example, that a student has memorized that seven times seven is 49. But the problem is not seven times seven, it's seven tenths times seven tenths. If the student only has the solution of 49 memorized and they don't really have a conceptual understanding of what's happening, they are going to need to multiply on paper or with a calculator seven tenths times seven tenths to get 49 hundredths. But if a student is flexible with numbers and they can use mental math strategies, they will be able to connect that seven tenths times seven tenths is 49 hundredths because they already know that seven times seven is 49. Now that we've established what number sense is and I've given you some examples, then the big question becomes, well, why is it important and is it worth teaching? I personally think that number sense is important and worth teaching because it's one of the building blocks towards our problem solving skills. And at the end of the day, no matter the math content, we are teaching our students to solve problems, to be able to take those skills and apply them in the real world. We are teaching them to think. We can build this number sense slowly over time by being intentional in our questioning, as well as the way we model our thinking and our strategies. In fact, I would venture to say that our modeling and our questioning in the classroom will have a more profound impact on number sense than trying to incorporate it onto our weekly plans. Marilyn Burns, who is a very well-respected author in the education space, shares some specific ideas in her book about teaching mathematics, which I would highly recommend. In fact, if you want to grab the link to her book, go to maneuveringthemiddle.com episode 11 and you'll see it there. I want to encourage you to pick up the book, so I'm going to share just a few of her ideas as well as some of my own. So let's go ahead and just jump in to four strategies for building number sense. Number one, we want to model different methods for our students. So if you're teaching decimal multiplication, then being comfortable with partial products, the area model, and the standard algorithm are all very useful. I know it is so easy to constantly model the method that is most familiar to us as the teacher, but taking the time to model and continually use different methods teaches our students to think and apply it. When I taught Algebra 1, one of my favorite units was on polynomials. I know, a little crazy, right? But I just loved it. As a student, I learned the acronym FOIL for multiplying polynomials. That's a great example of rote learning. I knew what FOIL stood for, first, outside, inside, last, but I had no clue what I was doing as a student. Then, as a teacher, I learned to double distribute, my personal favorite, and then I also learned about the box method, which later I realized was just an area model. All of these are different methods or strategies for multiplying polynomials, and as a teacher, it is good to regularly model them all in our classrooms. Marilyn Burns says in her book, when children think that there is one right way to compute, they focus on learning and applying it rather than thinking about what makes sense for the numbers at hand. A second easy thing that you may already be incorporating in your class is discussion about strategies for computing. This is a really just a great questioning strategy that does take some time 
And I understand a middle school classroom is a little bit different. You are usually pressed for time. You're working against the bell, right? But you may be able to ask students questions like, how many halves are in six whole? And then have them explain their thinking. There's a book that I read many years ago called Quality Questioning by Jackie Walsh and Elizabeth Satz. And it really changed my perspective on questioning and wait time. In my example about how many halves are in six whole, you would ask a student to justify their thinking. Then, without acknowledging if their response is correct or not, you would ask another student who solved it differently to explain their thinking. Wait time can actually refer to the amount of time that you wait before soliciting a response from your class, allowing everyone to continue thinking, but it also refers to the wait time between a student's response and your response to them. Teaching students to utilize what I like to call friendly numbers is my third strategy for you. This goes along with estimating for reasonableness and just generally making sense of numbers. Many students and adults with a strong number sense are able to do this because they're able to estimate reasonably. So for example, in sixth and seventh grade, students are asked to apply percents to problem situations. And frequently those examples include calculations with money. Let's say, for example, that something is on sale. In real life, we're going to estimate the cost of this item on sale. We do this when we tackle a home improvement project or when we go shopping. There is a time and place for precision, like let's say accounting or engineering, but general number sense that is applied to everyday life does provide a context in which estimation can be used. Teaching and showing students how to utilize friendly numbers to get you close to the actual solution is one way to incorporate number sense. My fourth idea comes from the book Developing Numerical Fluency by Patsy Cantor and Stephen Leinwand. This book was written discussing research in K-5 classrooms, but I read it several years ago and I was able to extrapolate some principles and how they actually apply to a middle school math classroom. One of these that they share was the importance of grasping parts and holes. And in the book, they reference it more like decomposing numbers into parts and holes. So 12 is made up of 10 and two, things like that. But I was really thinking about the middle school math classroom and all the part to whole relationships that are there. So think fractions and decimals, ratios, proportional reasoning, and percentages. When we build the understanding of a part to whole relationship between numbers or between representations, then students are able to apply it to other mathematical concepts. So consider questions like, if half of a cake feeds four people, then how much will a whole cake feed? As a quick recap, we chatted about four different strategies that you can try in your classroom. Modeling different methods, questioning through wait time and soliciting multiple responses, utilizing friendly numbers or estimation strategies, and focusing on part to whole relationships. I also mentioned three different books that I have enjoyed reading, and you might want to reference them as you consider any PD for the summer. I'll share all of these links in the show notes and you can check them out for your summer reading at maneuveringthemiddle.com slash episode 11. If we want to build number sense and we believe that we can do things in our instruction to teach number sense, then how might we go about doing that? I think there are many things that you can do in your normal instruction, like incorporating wait time or asking for multiple strategies or shifting your line of questioning to incorporate estimation. 
Every tip and strategy that I shared can be incorporated into your lessons without any extra need for time or resources. If you have a lengthier class period or a class that allows for more time and flexibility, then there are other things you can do to purposefully incorporate number sense. First, I would say incorporating number sense into your daily warmup may be a pretty low lift. From posing questions that have multiple solutions to modeling different strategies for solving, the warmup might be a clear cut, succinct time to get everyone's brains going. Another time to incorporate number sense activities would be a more formal number talk. A number talk is a structure in which the focus is using mental math, so no paper or pencil allowed, and to develop an understanding of numbers and operations. If you're unfamiliar, you would present a problem to students and then give them time to mentally find the solution. You want all students to keep their solution to themselves. Then you can collect the responses or have students share their responses in some way. But the key is that they are explaining how they arrived at their solution. In an elementary math classroom, this might look like 82 minus 37. And students might share something like, I added five to 37 to get 42, and then I added 40 more to get to 82. In a middle school classroom, it might look like 15 and six tenths, plus eight and six tenths. A student might share something that they, like they added 15 and eight because they were the whole values. And then they would know that six tenths and six tenths would be one and two tenths. And so then they put that with the 23. And since I seem to be recommending all sorts of PD books on this episode, let me just add one more. Making Number Talks Matter by Kathy Humphreys and Ruth Parker is another great book for those of you who are interested in regularly facilitating these number talks. So as a quick recap, number sense or the ability to be flexible and fluid with numbers is something that we can build in our students. I shared four ideas for building number sense in your classroom and we discussed some low lift ways to intentionally question during the warmup as well as more focused time using number talks. We are several weeks into our Good Morning Teacher podcast, and it has been so much fun to record these for you. I am hoping that they are making your commute to work a little more enjoyable, and that you're able to take some of these ideas and use them in your classroom. If you've been loving the podcast, then we would love a five-star review. It helps us get found by other teachers. For all of the links, resources, and freebies mentioned today in one easy place, check out maneuveringthemiddle.com slash episode 11. I'm Noelle Pickering, and you've been listening to the Good Morning Teacher Podcast. Until next time, friends, make it a great week.